It's time to write effing now and get pumped to master writing, book marketing, and publishing one bite at a time. I'm spilling all the tea from writing my own books and coaching hundreds of authors on theirs. Now let's talk shop. Write effing now. On today's episode of Write Epping Now, we're chatting about a problem that plagues the uber productive, but that is not often talked about. How do I write when I feel like crap? I'll have the answer right after this. You might have noticed we made a switch in production companies, so I want to give a shout out to the peeps implementing the method behind the madness that is Write Epping Now. Thanks to Danny Galvez and Jeremy Schreifels at Three Kings Media and Voice Your Life Media for their tech mastery. When you need infomercials, explainer videos, audiobook narration, and full-service podcast and audiobook production, you know where to go. If you have a book, you need an audiobook. It's that simple. If you want to be seen as an expert in your field, you need a podcast. So check out Three Kings Media and Voice Your Life Media for more information. A long time ago, in another iteration of podcasting in a land far, far away, my podcast at that time was called Sick Biz Buzz. And here's a fun fact. You can still find it on Apple. I didn't take it down because it's my hope that people will stumble across it and find solace or understanding for their own conditions. But as those of us with chronic illnesses know, the show must go on. The work must continue. The writing can pause, but it can't stop. But if that's the case, how do you create when you don't feel so great? I got the tips for you, and I am absolutely a veteran at this. This is my eighth year of being groundbreaking, life-changing sick. So I can tell you everything that works for me, that keeps me going, that keeps me rolling, that keeps the business's doors open. Before we start, I want to address those who will insist that you must rest. I am not disputing that, but in a life full of resting all the time, sometimes it's time to forge ahead and it's time to push yourself. It's time to figure out how to get done what needs doing. In addition to the fact that we need to push our own limits occasionally, we need to take our temperature sometimes and say, oh great, I have a new baseline and it's this. Versus that I can't do this and I know I can't do it and I'm never going to try again. You need to check that out because things are changing with me. I'm actually getting healthier than I used to be. Yes, I have a new diagnosis, but I also have new ways of mediating some of these challenges. I'm going to the gym more. I'm swimming more. I cut sugar out again. Huge, huge, huge in terms of inflammation. Huge in terms of functionality. I delegated so I don't have to do everything. And maybe I don't have as much brain fog as I thought I did. We have to take that test. We have to take our temperature, see where we are so we can figure out where can I push it. Okay, I can't push it there. Great. I've reestablished those limits. But I can push it here, and that's exciting. So now that we have that disclaimer out of the way, that yes, I know sometimes you need to rest. It's not healthy to always push yourself. I want to get at those pointers. Number one is awesome. It is get comfortable. What an awesome piece of advice to give someone. Get comfortable. Write however you need to. I spent the majority of 2015 writing reclined. I need still to have my feet propped up every day. Even today, even right now, even as I'm recording this, to increase circulation. I have done work for clients in bed more times than I can count. 
to snuggle up against the pillows, my legs out in front of me, my laptop on my lap. I have to watch my posture because I've found that you can sit in kind of a comma position. And that is something that you definitely don't want to do. But you do want to get comfortable. So right, incline, put your feet up, get some pillows. I always have a throw blanket. As long as you have the mindset mentality, and this is going to go along with them and I'm going to talk to you about in item number two, as long as you have the mindset mentality, you're going to produce and you're going to be okay. Don't lay down like you're going to take a nap or go to sleep or whatever. Make sure you're sitting up, but you're accommodating parts of your body that hurt, parts of your body that are hard to hold themselves up, right? I had a really hard time sitting up when I first got sick. It was very difficult for me. I had a lot of dizziness. I had vertigo for seven months. It was very, very challenging. So I was able to kind of allay some of those symptoms when I was reclining. Part of the reason was is that my vertigo had to do with the loss of feeling in my feet. So getting them up off the floor and not having them in contact with anything helps so that I'm not as dizzy. And that still does happen sometimes. Number two, get dressed comfortably, but still. I could literally put on a fashion show of loungewear at any given moment of the day with zero notice. Somebody would be like, go, Vogue your loungewear. And I'd be like, yes, this is what it is. It is so comfortable. Huggy is the name of this particular type of lifestyle. It's H-Y-G-G-E, Huggy. And it's all things comfortable and it's revolving your entire lifestyle around it. Look it up. It's crazy. Somebody told me about it. An author told me about it. And I was like, oh my God, you've just described me. I didn't know there was a word that encompassed my heart and soul and, and my clothes and my environment and my animals and the way I love and everything. I love comfortably. So you want to get dressed. I don't wear pajamas. I don't wear a bathrobe when I work. Those are my non-negotiables because that communicates to my body. Let it down. Bring it down a notch. You're not awake for the day. You're having coffee. You're kind of getting acclimated. You're getting alert. I don't want to be in that state. I'm going to be comfortable. The most comfortable, the softest cotton and everything like a squishy socks that's great especially if you have neuropathy in your feet you need that that hug right that really cozy warm hug you need that so get dressed when you get dressed and you change out of what you slept in what you were unconscious in <laughs> to a degree right and you make that switch that mindset switch is really important number three take little breaks and reward yourself for your work you're gonna have to chop up your work it's okay. It's, this is not this long sprint anymore. Sprints aren't long, really. Well, it could be long if we call it that. It's not the long relay, right? I'm not going six miles and then I'm taking a break. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go like two miles. I'm going to get up to that person with the baton. They're going to hand it off to me and I'll kind of jog up to them. I'll cool down, you know, and I'll take my break. And that's okay. I'm not going to spend time berating myself or thinking about why do I need to take this break like this? Why do I need to work like this? The point is I do. Who cares why? It's what is effective. It's what works. Take little breaks. You can take a little break after working for an hour or two and watch a half hour Netflix show. You can go grab a little treat. I have to grab a healthy treat, so I have to issue a caveat there, but you can grab a little treat. Go sit outside. I try and sit outside in the egg chair, you know, probably 15, 20 minutes a day just to get a little vitamin C, get a little warmed up from the outside in. 
reward yourself for your work. It feels really good. You know, I'm going to be done. Oh, this is great. I'm going to be done. I can stop. I can take a half hour break. I'm going to go back into it. I feel really good. I honestly think the workday should be divided like that. Like if you go to work and you report to another building and another person for work, that is how your workday should be divided because you would feel so happy at the little joyous little breaks that you get throughout the day that you would be grateful to dive back in and do your work. You have to have distance sometimes to appreciate it. But more importantly, as you're doing this, if you're chronically ill or if you just don't feel good, but something you just really are like, ah, it's a bad cold, you know, I just kind of got to push through, just reward yourself because you're going to give yourself the ability to keep going. You have to refuel yourself as you go. Number four, delegate. delegate. What can you shove off your plate and why are you reluctant to do so? So you want to take a look at everything that you've got going on. What I love to do is say, is this the best use of my time? Today, I was talking about our brand new organizational system that we're building here at Bookmark. And it was great because I was reminded that I don't have to get so granular. I can stick to my snapshot of what is going on. Who are we working with? Who's doing what? Who's on the project right now? Not just the author, but who's on the project? What editor, what designer, whatever. I don't have to know the inner workings. That can be delegated to somebody else. I don't have to be in charge of some of the communications, of tracking down some of the items that need to be done. I don't need to do that. And I was reminded that today we get into this mode of like, I have to do it and I have to do it all. And it's not going to be done right unless I do it. And I highly recommend that you try and see what does it feel like to trust somebody else? It's a great thing when it works. I'm not saying it's going to work all the time. And this would be a ridiculous kind of fake guarantee that we could slap onto the topic. It is not going to work all the time. That is okay. That is part of it. And that is part of growth. And growth is painful. Growth hurts. Growth makes you cringe. Growth is like, ugh, now I got this issue because I delegated. But if you keep working through that issue, that's the only way you're going to grow anyway. So if that's something you're interested in doing. This leads into our next topic, which is letting go. Why can't you let go? It's time to figure out what you are really worried about. Yes, you're paying people to screw up. You're paying people to have a learning curve and it's scary. But if you keep on this path, it will be so much easier. Then when you don't feel well, you'll go, oh, well, I only have this to do. I only have these three or four things to do because I gave everything else away to someone else. You'll be in the habit and what you'll be doing is you'll be proactive, which is great. And that's how we want to live our lives. We don't want to be reactive. We don't want to move out of desperation. We don't want to communicate out of desperation, act out of desperation. That never, ever, ever works. Build in cushion times. That's number six. Five is letting go. Number six is building cushion times. When you don't feel well, and let's say you've got this long cold that's kind of dragging on and you close a deal, for instance, um, or you have a deadline. So let's say you've got a, a blog writing deadline coming up. And it needs a kind of a quick turnaround. You could still build in two days. Absolutely. I build in cushion times regularly. That's why I want you to hear me today because I'm an expert on this. I've been doing this for eight years. I've been working sick for eight years. 
If I tell you something is due on July 5th, I might really need to hand it to the client or whoever is waiting for it on the other end on the 7th. I liken it to telling your perpetually tardy friend that dinner is at 5 when it's really at 5.30, but you're doing it to yourself. 7 is write about what you love. If you don't have to do the research and you don't have it in you to do the research right now, that's okay. You might be too tired to learn something new. You can save that for another day. This also goes for writers who just aren't feeling what's next on the list in their outline. I cannot tell you how often I get that. Oh, I know I need to write chapter three. It's the next thing. I've been dreading it. There's a lot of emotional content coming up. There's a lot of content I have to research. So I know I need to put a big blurb of research right here about sleep apnea. I don't know the first thing about it. I know I need to go and find some credible resources. Oh, I don't want to do that. But I am feeling chapter four. Chapter four is awesome. I know a lot about chapter four. I just want to skip chapter three and come back to it later. Why not? This is writing your way. It's writing your book your way. It's writing your blog your way. It's writing your email content or other content your way. The old adage, which old and adage are actually a little, (laughs) there's kind of parallel there. But the adage is write what you know. I would like to change that and update it to write what you love. There is an inherent energy in writing what you want to write about and what excites you. If you can't get your body amped up, get your mind jazzed up and you will find that your body will likely follow. This is why fire walking works. It's the prepping beforehand. It's letting people know you're going to crush it. You're going to get it. It's going to be great. Because what would happen if Gary and his friend Dan show up to do the fire walking? It's Gary's turn and Dan's like, man, good luck to you, buddy. You're really going to need it. I brought the ice and I've got the aloe on hand. I'm just, I'll be right there when you're done. Oof. You know, I don't know why you're doing this. This is anticipation of pain versus like anticipation of love. You got this. This is amazing. You're so powerful. You can recoil physical heat eating your skin. That's how powerful you are. That's amazing. Get out there. Do it. Absolutely. I just watched the thing on that. That's why you're probably like, why are you talking about fire walking? That's really weird. I just watched a thing on it and why it works. And it works because of the mental perspective. That's why it works. That's why more people probably aren't sued for offering firewalking. Get your mind amped up. Easier to do when you're sick. It's so much easier to get excited about something that you love or that you research automatically anyway. I'm watching a show right now. Well, it's where I saw the firewalking thing. It is The Unexplained. It's with William Shatner, and he actually does a really good job of being like mysterious and questioning. And that's where I saw it. But I'm excited about that show. I get to watch it. I can learn about the Mothman. I can learn about Chupacabra. I can learn about building the temple I can't remember the name of. They built it from the top down into stone in Africa. I'm excited learning about that. It doesn't, it's not work to me. If I'm writing about something I love, it's the very same thing. It's not work to me. I want to go to it willingly. Number eight, no judgment allowed. Very, very easy to be sick and sweaty in the sick bed 
or just feel like garbage and have no energy or you're flaring or whatever the case is, whatever your critical ailment is in the moment. Very easy to say, you know what, I should be superhuman. I really shouldn't be afflicted by anything. And I'm really mad at myself right now because I planned on doing XYZ on Wednesday. And now it's Friday. I haven't even done that. I've been sick. And I know I shouldn't use an excuse and shame on me. I should have tried harder. Well, you know what? What is that doing? What has that accomplished? Does it mean you can go back in time and that you can change things? Absolutely not. This does not create any positive energy at all. Judging yourself is completely negative, does nothing for you. It doesn't move you forward. There is no reason to do it. I spent years judging myself. Oh, other people can do it. I can't do it. Why can't you do it? Well, maybe you should try harder. Oh, maybe you're just a big baby. Maybe you just take things too, too much to heart. You're too sensitive. You should get up. That doesn't do anything for me. Now, if we have plans and I simply can't do it, plot twist, I can't do it. Okay, well, what does my body need? I'm going to tune into that right now. My body needs rest. Okay, great. Well, I'm dehydrated. Okay, great. Good information to have. So you're going to stop. You're going to take that moment. You're going to take care of yourself. And you're going to love yourself. And you're going to say, you know what, self? I am really happy to take care of you. You have been doing a great job and you've got a hard job because I'm hard on you. No judgment allowed. This doesn't help you at all. It holds you back. It brings this sort of like staticky or erratic energy. There's nothing smooth. There's nothing natural about segueing into what you need to do. If you're stuck in judgment, judgment is sticky. It holds you in place. That energy is sticky. I can't move forward. I can't do anything. It's kind of like getting stuck in ectoplasm in Ghostbusters and you're trying to move forward or a giant rubber band that ropes you around the middle and you can't move forward because judgment is holding you back. I can't move back. I can't forgive myself. I'm just going to stay right here. I'm going to overthink it. I'm going to roll around in it. I'm going to be miserable about it. I'm going to have a million regrets about it doesn't do a damn thing for you. And eventually what's interesting is when it comes to sickness, usually we don't spend like weeks on end berating ourselves and saying, I can't believe I didn't do that. And I couldn't take that call. And that was really terrible. And I'm at da, 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 da. We don't do that. What happens is we lament, we lament, we beat ourselves up completely, but we do eventually get over it because time moves on and we go, oh, I got to get back to it. I'm not going to think about that anymore. It is what it is. Why think about it at all? What would happen if you just went, oh, plot twist, got to take a nap. All right, I'll get back at it. On the days when I can't do what I want to do, best thing for me to do is rest. And I know if I start feeling better that day, my whole day just expanded. If I take a two, three hour nap, that means my bedtime probably got pushed back a little bit. I can kind of juggle things. I can say my day begins later and it ends later. My day begins earlier and it ends earlier, especially if you're an entrepreneur. And you can do that with your writing too. I'm going to get up early, late, whatever it is. However you need to function, no judgment allowed. However you need to function day to day, even if you're not reacting like episodically, no judgment allowed. It doesn't matter what it is. You're human. 
You need things sometimes. You need things a lot. And you probably need to give in to yourself more than you need to refute it. If you can't do it, don't beat yourself up. It's part of knowing when you can do what you want to do and when you can't. So no worries. There's no joy in me looking at other people who seem to be racing ahead of me, getting all their goals nailed, and there I go slogging along behind and just beating myself up. There's no joy in that. But I am going to tell you about a secret power that will make you feel better if you struggle with this and this no judgment allowed. Item number eight, we've got nine in total that we're talking about. This secret power is consistency. Don't be that one trick pony. Don't be the one who shows up as the flash in the pan, the marketer this month, the web host the next, and so on. Stick with what you love day in, day out. Train your brain to expect consistency. Groove it. Get your brain into the groove. It'll be easier to slide right into that writing habit again and again. You won't have to relearn it over and over again and try and like, Oh, I'm trying to try on this sweater. It's not really that comfortable. No, man, you're going to try on that sweater, break in those shoes. You don't have to do that each time if you're doing it consistently. Okay, this is how it feels. This is great. And this is how it feels not so different when I don't feel that great. I know what I need to do. I'm going to do it. I do it regularly. Fantastic. You will eventually figure it out and get comfy. You have to have those moments of insecurity when you're trying to figure out the rhythm. When you're getting your tools in line, you have to do that and you can't jump right back into a neoprene writing suit that hugs every part of your body, that cradles every nook and cranny. You got to work your way and worm your way into that suit. You got to put the time in every single day. A writer writes. That's you. You write. You're a writer. You're listening to the show because you resonate with a part of that. As a writer... As an integral part of you, hey, I have brown hair and I have green eyes and I'm a Scorpio and all those things, right? These are just little facets and pieces of our identity. And being a writer is one of them and a writer writes. If you want more information on how to make your writing experience even better, I did a Write Effing Now episode on creating writing rituals. And I think you will like it a lot because it makes you feel cozy, it helps you feel good. Create that nest. I go to my nests. I have areas in my house where I go, where I feel good, where I feel safe, where I feel like if I need to, I can be sick. And I feel like if I need to, I can be sick and I can write. I have to write. I can't say, I'm going to run a business and then it's going to come to uh, a grinding halt. I can't be an author and say, I'm going to let so much bring me to a grinding halt. I have to learn to work with it. I have to learn to ebb and flow with it. And sometimes I'm really, really grateful to be a writer who doesn't feel well because I have writing. If I didn't have writing, I would be alone with every single sensation in my body. Oh, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. That's all I can think about. It's not feeling good. No, I'd rather walk into a new world. I'd rather have a hand in creating that new world. Writing has saved me. It has given me sanity. It has taken me out of terrible physical suffering and moved me into a different mindset entirely. 
You have to be willing to go there and you have to be willing to get out of your head and you have to be willing to say, I don't want to feel this crappy right now. Some people want to feel crappy. Oh, I feel like crap. I feel like it all day long. I just want to tell you about it all the time and I'm chronically ill and I don't really want to get better. So I'm just going to keep talking about it and everything that you talk to me about to make me feel better, I'm going to shoot down and I'm, sh- I'm going to shoot it down. I'm going to find a problem with it because I don't really want to feel better. I'm not in that camp. I'm in the camp of it gets really, really tiresome feeling sick. And I'm really, really grateful to find things that work for me. Writing is one of them. Writing makes me feel better. Writing takes me out of my physical experience. I go on a little field trip. I'm going to come out of this body. I'm going to go over here in this world. I'm going to enter somebody else's brain. It's fantastic. You can segment and split into being as many people as you want to be, as many identities as you want to be. You can go where you want to go and spend all the time you want on the Australian eastern coast. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Take yourself to the Golden Gate Bridge. Put yourself in Tony Robbins' audience. Go hang out with the comedy writers at the Paramount Studio. You can go wherever you want. You can write about whatever you want and make whatever world you want. As we grow older, it's going to be harder to maintain our quality of life. You want to pay attention to that. We have to work on it. We're going to have days when we want to slug out. We don't feel the greatest. Some days are genuine sick days. You simply can't function. That's okay. That's not what we're talking about today. And being sick is expected. I'm not saying that. I want to give you a little bit of an overview of what we talked about. So you have it in your head. One, get comfortable. Two, get dressed comfortably. Three, take little breaks and reward yourself for your work. Four, delegate. Five, let go. And the big part of this is figure out what you're really worried about. Six, build in cushion time. Seven, write about what you love. Eight, no judgment allowed and no beating yourself up as well. Ten is be consistent. To maintain a business and the business of writing. To sustain a level of trustworthiness with yourself and your clients. You have to know how to keep at it. Couple that with the fact that as a writer, you might not get a paid day off. We have to figure out how to limp along sometimes. If you are the proud owner of chronic illnesses as I am, there is no other way but but to figure it out. I can't sit out every day. I feel like caca or I'd be homeless. I can't just be like, nope, I'm not going to play the game yet again. 567th day in a row. You can't do that. You got to figure out how to hang in there, how to turn in the work, how to keep pushing yourself. So tune into your body and learn when you need to rest and when you need to test your limits a little bit more and reset that baseline. Worst case scenario, you get it wrong. Oh, I feel crappier than ever now. Well, nap it off. Done that before. You can nap it off. You're not doing anything that is going to permanently damage you by testing yourself for a day, for a couple of hours. The best case scenario is you just tapped into a brand new superpower that will take you farther than you can imagine. Now that's it for this week's chapter of Right Effing Now. When you need proven tips on getting the best writing on the page, or you're ready to write your book, head to bookmarkpub.com 
and get in touch. Until next time, authors, write on.